What are you looking at? Look like you're trying to hold in a fart. <laughs> I was looking at the bottle. Oh. It's like we need to like decorate it and like hang it up somewhere. <laughs> no. Hello and welcome to Talk to Me. My name is Heather. And I'm Kathleen. And this week we are concluding with Hulu's Captive Audience, A Real American Horror Story. And also, we just finished our giant jug of wine. Well, we poured it out. We haven't exactly finished it yet. It's poured. It'll get drank. (laughs) We have no choice. So, we already covered some of it with the last episode, so we can just... And if you didn't listen, then you should probably go back and listen to that. Yeah. Like, who listens to part two without reading? Uh, what are you doing one? with your life that like, you yeah. can't take Just 40 like, minutes? Do you skip chapters in books? Like, what the Monster? fuck, man? Yeah. Ugh. God. Like, skipping a episodes. Asshole. When my husband's like, it's okay. The other episodes don't matter in the story. And I'm like, I cannot watch from like six episodes in. Or my okay? husband will like fast forward, like, this part's slow. And I'm like, what are you doing? It's crucial to the story. Yes. They made it for a reason. Go take a piss break if you don't want to sit through this so bitch again if you have any comments or suggestions you can find us facebook twitter if you'd like to email or be an absolute saint you can donate us at paypal and drmepod at gmail.com or you can get a sticker if you want a sticker the show logo hit me up with your mailing address and i'll get that out to you i'll put pants on walk to my mailbox that's a big deal use one of my halloween stamps that i'd love Oh, okay, that's an extra, yeah, extra big deal. They're really cute stamps. <laughs> and... Yeah, because this is the part I hate. On the evening of February... So you mean, bitch. like... I'm sorry, <laughs> I was just going to say... So you mean, like, the years of sodomy you don't hate, <laughs> but, like, this is... No, like... just like, God, this poor family it just gets worse. <laughs> I feel like they may have played a part. On the evening of February 15th, 1999, Carol Sund. Are you making fun of the way I say February? No, I was making I pronounce both R's. February. 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 Whatever. Anyway. February. You're also going to tell me you're going to go down to the library? It's a library. 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 February. Good morning. <laughs> All right. Anything else? No, nope, I'm, I'm good. All right. On the evening of February 15th, 1999, Carol Sund of Eureka, California, along with her 15-year-old daughter, Julie, and her friend, 16-year-old Silvina Peloso from Argentina, Argentina, are reported missing. They had been say, staying at the Cedar Lodge in the town of El Portel, California, near Yosemite National Park. They were last seen alive eating dinner at the hotel restaurant, I believe, at about 6.30. That was an early dinner. 6.30, I'm not sure. I think 6.30. This becomes a huge case with even the FBI involvement because, of course, like, how does a mother, mother, her daughter, her daughter's friend. Hello, mother. (laughs) Hello, mother. Just vanish. It might be better known as the Yosemite Sightseers murder case, is what I remember hearing this as. 
like the Yosemite murder case. Like yeah, like I know they have. I know that the, there's like a name for it, but like I always just think of like the killer. Like I don't well, yeah. remember the tagline. Um, but also, wouldn't the FBI be called in because it's a national park? But it wasn't technically like on national park. I don't think. Oh, I would have I feel just like because I mean I don't I don't know how Yosemite is. I don't know. If this I is just, like in the national park or just like outside of it. Yeah, I would have assumed that they would call them in because they thought that like they were missing in the national park. But I don't know. Does the FBI get called in for like? I would think I so. Dude, it was always but... my dream to be in the FBI, <laughs> and here I am. A 35-year-old mother of two living in the suburbs. A cab. Um, so, yeah. Uh, a couple of days later, Carol's wallet is found in Modesto. So at first, they must think, like, oh, they got into a car accident somewhere. We'll find them. But then you find Carol's wallet, and now you know something's, like, definitely wrong. Yeah. Like, I very rarely lose mine. The next month, on March 18th, their burnt-out rental car is discovered located in a remote area several hours away. You know I love a good name, so the guy who found the car was named Jim Powers. That is a solid name. (laughs) It's a very solid name. It's a good name. Also, what the fuck? Not the rental car. Do you know how much that's going to cost? I know. I hope they had insurance. And the next day, they find the charred bodies of Carol and Sylvina in the trunk. So for a little bit, they think maybe Julie was kidnapped. Hold up, hold up. They found the bodies the next day? Because I think it was getting dark and it was hard to get to the area. Oh, okay. They waited till the next day okay, okay. to open the trunk. Oh, it's like they had this car for 24 hours and they didn't find the fucking bodies there was, the there was some issues that came up. It's like, this sounds familiar. Because it's a pain in the ass to kind of get to where it is. That does sound familiar. So, yeah, they think, okay, Julie was kidnapped. We'll find her alive. But they end up locating her body on the 25th, about 30 miles away from the car, with the help of an anonymous letter sent to the FBI. The letter's fucking gross. It's a map of where to find her and just says, we had fun with this one. Which, like, what the fuck? Ew. It's awful. Makes me think of the Albert Fish letter. Well, this whole thing makes me just think of the film, Nothing But Trouble. Like, they just wanted to go on a getaway and all they found was nothing but trouble julie's body is covered in pink fibers that are traced back to the hotel they were staying in i guess they used pink blankets on the bed oh why can i suddenly picture like the pink comforter that is on this hotel bed yeah like we know like that weird fleece yeah itchy material yeah yeah and it's got like that that ribbon like trimming mm-hmm. or whatever yep <laughs> yep i yep. never saw a picture of the blanket but I assume it was the one we all know. Yes. The police interview employees there, including Carrie Stainer, but nothing really comes out of that. Law enforcement starts picking up all the bad guys off the street, who apparently, like, this tourist area is just chock full of, Sex like, offenders. And- sex offenders and, like, meth dealers, and it's, it is terrifying. Remind me to never go to a small town. Uh, they assure the public that everything is safe for now. Which is interesting because you have three dead bodies and no No, killer. no, 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 no. We picked up all the bad guys. Everything's good. Nobody confessed, but we picked up all the bad guys. And everything kind of just 
does go quiet for a couple months until July when 26-year-old Joey Armstrong's body is found with her head found several feet away. Which, like, ew. I've read 27 feet and I've read 40 feet. Either way, what the fuck? Too far to be attached to the body mm-hmm. still. She worked for Yosemite Institute teaching children about nature. Uh, if I remember correctly, she was packing up her car to go to a friend's house. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, her attacker just stumbled upon her. Um, tire tracks and witnesses lead the police to look for a powder blue 1972 International Scout. Had no idea what that looks like, so I googled it, and it basically looks like toy jeeps, like what they're modeled after. Which feels like it would be a distinctive car. Like, jeeps never really look like jeeps, like the toy car jeeps. Yeah. They look like what this thing looked like. It's so weird. It's like a Jeep and a Bronco made sweet, passionate, drunk love and burst out this thing. Uh, People that live in the area are familiar with who owns a vehicle like this, and that's Carrie Stainer. Again, his name comes up. And even though the police say these cases aren't connected, we already locked up anybody who would have been involved with this first case, so this guy just happens to pop up in both cases. Hmm, Interesting. Carrie is the handyman at the Cedar Lodge and even lives above the restaurant. And he's very familiar with this area. But Carrie doesn't have a criminal past, so he's good. He's a clean-cut, quiet guy, and he remained calm during the first interview with him regarding the three missing women. Like any good psychopath would. (laughs) Yeah. Like, was it Gary Ridgway? How many times had he been brought in for questioning? Or the Yorkshire Ripper? Like basically any killer <laughs> a lot of them had been brought in so many he times said he didn't do it yeah so he well, the guy he's it. good yeah he's clean so they still don't suspect him but they do question him again because he was spotted at this murder they check his car and don't find anything suspicious but he's being really weird about having his bag searched which is kind of startling because at this point they still haven't found joey's head There's some weird stuff in there, including a gun, a knife, duct tape, but there's nothing concrete again, so let's just let him go. No head, no head in the bag. Okay, but like... But a knife, a gun, duct duct tape. tape. Like, anytime anyone carries those things together... Why do you need a knife and a gun? (laughs) Why do you need duct tape and a gun or duct tape and a knife like i am very suspicious of you yeah anytime you have duct tape in a situation in your bag why do you need two weapons okay um and then after this carrie misses the next three days of work which he's never done before so now the cops are absolutely suspicious of him and put up out a apb on him all points bulletin i love that they ended up arresting him in a shirt, jeans, and hat at a nudist colony. Dude, if you want to fit in, you show up naked. Yes. Like, you're going into hiding at a place where you don't need to wear clothes, but you're fully dressed and a hat? It's a little excessive. All right, Joe Goldberg. So now they want to question him about Joey's case, and they're floored when he confesses to not only that murder, but also to Carrie, Carol, Julie, and Sylvina. He even admits to sending the letter to the FBI and having someone <gasps> else lick the stamp so it wouldn't be traced to him. Which also, like, if someone approached me and was like, hey, can you lick this for me? I'd be like, what the fuck did you do? It was like some teenager or something. 
But you went to that extra effort, but you're going to right away just confess. People, man, you got to hold out longer. And now the poor Stainer family is back in the spotlight. And I understand the media and the public's interest in this case. Like, you have one guy who was the victim of this horrible crime and becomes a hero, and then his brother's a serial killer. But also, his brother was so adamant that, like, his Stephen wasn't a hero. Like, he did what anyone would have done. It's like, mm, did he, though? Did he really? Well, you murdered people for no because reason, so why are you like, judging? You could have done what anyone would have done and, like, you know, not murdered not murder. four people. Yeah asshole this righteous bitch and then we're introduced to this mitigation specialist for carrie michael kroll who looks like a fucking anime villain yeah like the hair the eyebrows the mustache like i've seen that guy on dragon ball z okay so i'm glad it wasn't just me that was like what's with this guy he's straight out of anime um, anyway, this guy is trying to paint the picture of how Carrie was basically ignored by his parents because of Steven disappearing and then coming back and then all the media attention and how the miniseries ruined his life. Like, I don't know. As the firstborn, like, it's kind of expected that you, I'm, I, I'm sorry, you're the middle child. You I understand. I am a middle child and I absolutely know what it's like to be ignored, okay? And I have yet to kill anyone. Well, it's not even like... You're ignored until you do something wrong, and then hellfire comes down on you. But the younger siblings, just like they could do the same thing, get away with it. Oh, yeah, exactly. So it's like, I didn't turn out to be a killer. I'm the most normal one. And yet, That's I true. Get, and yet, I get zero recognition. Yeah. Still being ignored. Yeah. Um, it's this is something like my husband and I have both talked to our oldest about like dude we understand what it's like to be the oldest it's a fucking bitch yeah I feel like I didn't have three kids because I know what it's like to be a middle one yes <laughs> and I feel like I have like a special bond with my oldest because well, I know what it's like to be I dealing even, with a younger sister I even tell him like you had a lucky you had nine years where you were an only child I didn't even get two years be grateful you at least had like full attention for some years yeah i wish i had given my oldest that but you know she got like three almost four yeah that's just to blame it on being the oldest brother is like some <laughs> shut bullshit. the fuck up dude if anything you just like resent your younger sibling yeah um yeah this guy just took it as nobody loved me and i didn't get hugged enough but Even his sister was like, as far as I knew, he had problems even as a toddler. And he would later admit he had fantasies about murdering women when he was seven, which is several years before his brother even went missing. Yeah, he said something about, like, something, like, in the grocery store or something. Yeah. Like, he would, yeah. So, yeah, he's just making excuses. So, blaming shit on his dead brother. Real nice. Yeah, like, don't, don't bring Stephen into this. And also, he claimed to have seen Bigfoot <laughs> okay, and was, was obsessed about seeing him again. <laughs> okay, but he was also, like, definitely on drugs. He claimed to have seen Bigfoot. That made him murder four women. It makes me question anything else you say. I mean, what was that one documentary thing that we tried to get through where it was, like, the guy in, like, God, where the fuck was he living? He was, like, living on, like, a pot farm, and he was, well, like... Well, it had to have been California. Was it? 
Yeah, he must have been, like, in California. He was, like, living on a pot farm, and he's like, I saw Bigfoot. And then he was, like, talking about, like, a murder, and I'm just like... Oh, yeah, the guy was, that was murdered also by Bigfoot. Yeah. yeah, that was also on Hulu, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Jason was like... I tried sitting through it. I was like, I can't. I couldn't even make it through the first episode. It was so bad. I was just like, he clearly was just on drugs. Yeah. Like... Because I've been on drugs. Yeah, like, <laughs> I know. I didn't see Bigfoot, and I didn't see Bigfoot murder anyone. But I can understand being on drugs, how you can make that assumption. <laughs> yeah. Your wires get a little crossed. Yeah. Like, I get that. I feel like this is a little bit what happened with Carrie. Like, he didn't see Bigfoot. You're out in the woods. You're going to see shit. You're going to see fucking bears. God, yeah. Which could maybe look a little bit like bear, like Bigfoot. You know what? We don't know. We've never seen Bigfoot. I would love to see Bigfoot. I have seen Boggy Creek too, like twenty million times. But what's that? Wasn't there like a video or something like that of like people were saying it was just like a mangy bear or something like that? Probably. It was standing on its legs. Have you? Okay, so you know, like the main Bigfoot footage. Yeah. Somebody went in and stabilized the picture, so it's not so shaky. It's clearly a guy in a like a gorilla suit and even the guy who took the video was like yeah it's fake i totally believe in like weird shit but oh i believe in ghosts but i don't believe that somehow this creature has been out here all these years and nobody's captured it or not to mention like how how much money has discovery in the travel channel spent trying to hunt bigfoot okay but also how long does bigfoot live because otherwise it would be big feet well see this is why you need to see the legend of boggy creek 2 there's a baby. <gasps> that sounds cute. <laughs> it's such a I bad do. movie. I do it's love babies. It's so bad. Uh, there's a Mystery Science Theater, 3,000 of it. And oh, God. I can't tell you how many times I've seen it. It's the best. So back to Where this. Where did I go? Um, according to his confession on that February night after 11 p.m., Carrie knocks on the door of room 509 and said he was the handyman and that there was a leak in the room above. Carol at first refuses to open the door, but is finally like goaded into it. Carrie walks into the bathroom to make it look like he's working and then comes out with his gun and says he's just there to rob him. Why wouldn't you wait for him to leave the room and then just rob him? Because you're not there to rob him. He puts the teenagers in the bathroom and bounds them with the duct tape and then strangles Carol on one of the beds with a rope He puts her body in the trunk of her rental and then does the same thing to Sylvina. I guess he was going to keep Sylvina, but she fought so much. It was like freaking out that he was like, I can't deal with this. Which makes sense. He then carries Julie to the front seat of the car and hides her under the pink blanket, which is why she was covered in the fibers. He's sort of just driving around and talking to her. And then just before dawn, he drives her to the location she will later be found. He carries her to the exact location, sets her down, and from behind her, he cuts her throat and leaves her body under some brush. Like, it is just... Wrong. He then ditches the car and walks back to the nearest town and calls a cab who then drops him back off at... Or no, who drops him at Yosemite Lodge which I believe is where Kenneth Parnell was working when he abducted Stephen. 
So it's these weird. Well, and like like Stephen's daughter even said, like it had really just like come full circle. Yeah. Like anytime anything bad happens, it's, it's always a, like Yosemite. Yeah. Like it's just bad news for them. Like I can't imagine they've ever like gone on like a family vacation oh, no. there. Like it's it's bad news. I don't want to go to Yosemite. Just like anytime I hear that hungry like a wolf song, I can't jam to that. No. Like that woman killed her kids to this song. Bad memories. She's just tapping that foot in the courtroom. Um, a few nights later, he returns to set the car on fire. Dance. Yes. And then that same week is when he drops Carol's wallet in Modesto to confuse the cops even more. And then eventually he sends that map. Um, I guess he took a blank piece of paper and put it over the net map and wrote names. So when the cops would check the map, they would see, like, names and it would... they try to throw him off like he did all these extra steps but then like immediately confesses so stupid it's so weird um he was out of town when they found the body so he sped back so it would look less suspicious for him to be gone when they were found like it's all these dumb steps the night of july 21st he approaches joey as she's packing up her car for her trip and says hello asks if she's seen Bigfoot. Hey, have you seen Bigfoot? <laughs> I saw Bigfoot. Uh, when he realizes she's alone, he pulls his gun out and orders her inside the cabin where he bounds her hands and gags her with gut- duct tape. He then directs her to his vehicle and begins to drive away when she jumps out and starts heading for a friend's cabin that was just a few hundred yards away. Smart girl. He chases her for 150 yards before he catches her cuts her throat over and over until he decapitates her he leaves her body in a drainage ditch and then her head several feet away again i'm not sure specifically he goes back to his vehicle and drives away a few miles away his car breaks down karma like all the luck and he flags down a park ranger who said he seemed very calm the fuck that's fucking terrifying like that taxi driver picks him up this park ranger picks him up and neither one of them is like oh, this guy man. slaughtered people yeah he's just like okay job's done back to normal he admitted to other attempts and said that if he hadn't been caught there would be more she had no shit did you see that article from um his girlfriend's daughter said that like he confessed that like he had plans to kill them and like it didn't work out and that's when he like ended up killing like the others yeah that's so weird that's like with ted bundy and that woman he was with who had a kid yeah and, like he didn't do anything to them oh no like, he it's like so bizarre he like had like he confessed that he had planned to kill them yeah and then, like, and I think that they were even, like, the police even came to the mom and was just like, you know, I, like, we had to let you know that, like, he had every intention of killing you guys. And then something happened and it, like, didn't work out and he couldn't do it. And so he, like, killed all these other people just because. God, the guilt you would have to have. Well, and just to know that, like, I mean, he was a big part of their lives and he had plans to murder them like what the fuck 
Um, he is tried in federal court for Joey's death because it occurred on federal land. <laughs> like, to avoid a possible death sentence in September 2000, he pleaded guilt. He pleads guilty to premeditate, premeditated first-degree murder, felony first-degree murder, kidnapping resulting in death, and attempted aggravated sexual abuse resulting in death. During sentencing, he breaks down crying and apologizes. Leslie Armstrong, Joey's mom, said afterwards that she believed his apology was genuine. Nah, I don't know how I feel about it. No. He's sentenced to life in prison without parole. July 2002, in state court for the other murders, he pleads not guilty by reason of insanity. Mm. Right. Let's just not put the death penalty. I don't, I don't understand why we still have death penalty. So with death penalty on the table, his lawyers start pulling all the stops. The family had a history of alcoholism, mental, physical, and sexual abuse, which, get in line, buddy. And then, of course, all the shit dealing with his brother. Dr. Jose Arturo Silva testified that Carrie had obsessive compulsive disorder, or I OCD. Mean, same. Mild autism. Paraphilia, um, which doesn't matter. Jury finds him sane and guilty of three counts of first-degree murder with special circumstances and one count of kidnapping and sentence him to death. But it's California, so... He's never going to die. He's still alive. Yeah. It's more likely he'll die from natural causes. So it's... If it was Texas, he'd be dead already. Oh my God, even if it was super obvious he was innocent. I hate this state. Um, yeah, so it's strange for his first murder to be three people at once. Like, That's bold. I think like the only one I can really think of is BTK, where it's like kids just kept coming home from school. And, and he's like, fuck, another one. <laughs> tried to suffocate them, they come back. Yeah, he's like, like, god damn it. It doesn't happen. I wasn't um, planning on this. Or what was Richard Speck? Oh, God. Where he lost count. <laughs> he didn't notice the one that slipped away. The one who, like, answered the door. The first one he saw. There were so many there of them. so many. How was he supposed to know, okay? <laughs> I like him in um, Mindhunter, though. Oh, like then don't look too far into him, because he had a fun time in prison. He grew some tits, got passed around. He was having a good time in prison. I mean, I'm sure he was. Like, I mean, when I say I liked him in Mindhunter, I mean like that he was an interesting like interview character. During, yeah, interesting <laughs> character. Not as good as Ed Kemper, but oh, I just love that actor anyway. God, he was so good. If there's not like a Ed Kemper like movie with him, I swear <laughs> to God, like there is no justice in the world. I thought I saw him play Ed Kemper in something else too, and I was like, well, I mean. You did it well the first time. Did he? I'll have to look I into don't that. Remember. There will be no Mindhunter season three, by the way, That's guys. That's so shitty. But let's keep bringing in Stranger Things, which could have easily ended with the last season. Seriously. And they so keep mad. fucking toying with me. Like, I'll get like, new update on season three, Stranger, or uh, Mindhunter, like, what the next season could look like, blah, 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 blah. It's like, it's not fucking happening, and I know yeah. it. Stop teasing me. Um, the FBI is still open to the possibility that these might not be his only murders, despite what he says. This also includes the unsolved 1990 murder of his uncle, Jerry or Jesse Stainer. I've seen both names. I'm not sure. 
Which is a weird. They're very close names, so like. Yeah, are they? Jerry, Jesse. I mean, you got J.E. Uh, he was found dead in the bedroom of the house where he lived with Carrie, with a shotgun wound to this chest. Carrie said he had been at work when the shooting took place and wasn't considered a sp- suspect. Instead, the police were more focused on an un- un- unknown vagrant who Carrie claimed was work- lurking around the house shortly before the killing, which, looking back, is fucking shady. I could see the uncle, but I don't know that he... I, I feel like he would have confessed if he had murdered any other women. Who knows? He sang like a fucking canary. <laughs> and the story is still not over. Kenneth Parnell is back. Because uh, of course he is. Because again, he why served not? five years for fucking kidnapping a kid for seven goddamn years and sodomizing him. And it wasn't like the first kidnapping and shit he did. In January 2003, he was arrested again after trying to get his caregiver's sister. Don't know how that happened. Diane Stevens to buy him a four-year-old boy for $500. First of all, I did not know that small children were only $500. Yeah, that's insane. That's really cheap. Like, really cheap, guys. Like, you guys are getting ripped off at adoption clinics. Like, I I gotta tell you, like, having birthed two of them, like, (laughs) as newborns, like... I want enough to cover the cost of the delivery to yeah. the hospital bill. Yeah, I I would like a new vagina from like <laughs> having delivered them. I want my body back, for real. So I'm gonna need like way more zeros on the end of that five. Mm-hmm. We would never sell our children. No, Jesus Christ, not. shouldn't have to say that. He's 71 years old, suffering from diabetes and emphysema, among other ailments, from an earlier stroke. He requires almost constant nursing care and still wants to destroy another kid's life. Like, what the fuck? Like, I feel like this kid just breathe on him and he would fall over and die. Like, what are you going to do, man? What are you going to do? He starts wanting another kid. He just, just gives him some more pain pills. Up the morphine. Just give him to go to sleep. He should have been dead already. I know. Like, if there's ever a situation where I'm, like, death sentence, Mm -mm. it's this. And I don't believe in the death sentence. (laughs) That's the weird part. I I feel that there are very few cases where it should be used, but this is one of them. Uh, Miss Diane Stevens was completely aware of his past and cooperated with police in setting up a sting operation. Can we just clap for this woman? (laughs) like... Also, like, I couldn't imagine having to care for this person. Oh, God. How would you not, like, just take that pillow and just... just So, he paid $100 for a birth certificate, which he got ripped off, and said he would pay $400 when he received the child. On January 3rd, when he was supposed to get the child, he was arrested with $400 on his person. Fucking sick, man. He told the authorities he wanted a family, which is really weird because Diane testified that he has specifically requested the child to have a clean rectum. Which is a really weird thing for a dad to request. Also, how is she going to check that? I know. Excuse me, little boy. Can I check your butthole? Like he's four, of course. Of course, he's not wiping right correctly anyway. <laughs> I mean, my eight year old's not Children wiping. are disgusting. 
on February 9th, 2004. I didn't realize how many times I would have to say February, and now I feel like you're judging me. February. He was convicted on the charge of attempting to purchase a child and attempted child molestation, even though there was no child specifically targeted with his past. It doesn't fucking matter. sexual materials found in his apartment, it's pretty easy to prove his intentions. This man should have never, like, he should have been snuffed out years before. And I say this as someone who, like, like, I just, like, there are so many people who, like, were innocent and were, like, convicted. And I'm just, like, it's so hard. But, like, he was a bad one and he should have been dead. He got less time than if he had been found with, like, weed. Seriously. like It's, it's insane. It is disgusting how much he got away with. Like, these boys... Who knows how many other kids there were that we don't know about. These boys would have had a whole life ahead of them. Like, who knows how Stephen's life would have turned out if he had gotten more than, like, a, you know, slap on the wrist for his yeah. first molesting. I say molesting, but he, like, full-on sodomized. Molest. And he was sentenced to 25 years to life under California Street Three Strikes Law. And you can breathe a sigh of relief because January 21st, 2008, he He fucking died from natural causes. Should have been sooner. Um, Stephen's dad, Dell, passed away on April 9th, 2013 at his home in Winton, California at the age of 79. I just want to say that there were allegations I had read in the past about sexual abuse and abuse like within the family before Stephen even went missing. All I had seen is stuff that Carrie had said and never said he wasn't to be believed. So I don't know. That's That's why I didn't mention anything. Yeah. I just... Because it was like anytime Carrie said something, I was like, no, because he... He's just trying to dig himself out of the hole. But... I do think it's interesting that the other sisters were not interviewed. Well, if they didn't want to be interviewed, I think it's different. But why did they not want to take part, considering the younger sister and the mother did? Some people just don't want to be in the spotlight. I don't know. I think it's weird. And also, I have some feelings about the mother. (laughs) We're not done. <laughs> so, God, the story is like it every just never step, ends. it gets worse and worse. Timmy White later became a Los Angeles County Sheriff deputy, deputy, but unfortunately died April first, twenty ten, from pul. God, we shouldn't have been drinking pulmonary <laughs> we are real drunk. Yeah, pulmonary embolism at the age of thirty five. Which, like, I'm God damn it, dude. From being thirty five, like it is. I, I'm a year. Like, I have seen so many, like... I got upset because I was like, well, technically now I'm in my mid-30s. The fuck? Dude, earlier today I told my kid that I'm midlife. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm middle-aged. That's why I started a podcast. <laughs> I'm middle-aged. Um, no, but seriously, they both died so fucking young. Know, and like... it's so unfair. Also, like, I... I have to imagine, like, in the time that they had, that he had Timmy, that he had done things to him. And, like, I just... <sighs> but he wasn't there for very long. That's... But it was, like, the next day 
that he like molested Stephen. I feel like Stephen might have been like protecting him. I'm not sure. I don't want to. Really I, w- I could only speculate. hope. So. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I could only hope. I just like when I think about it, I'm like, because <sighs> it was so quick that he took off with him. Yeah, like he really like I don't care what Carrie had to say. Like, he... yeah, because I guess we didn't really talk about it. Like, he went to the police station and was just like dropping off Timmy, like. Right, he wasn't a, even like saying, "Hey, I was also kidnapped." Right. He told Timmy to go in by himself, but Timmy was too scared, and so he went in with him. And that's the only reason, like, he was discovered is because, like, yeah. he was like there for Timmy, and you know, trying to be supportive, and you know, like, he was a fucking hero. Like, yeah. I don't care what the fuck Carrie had to say about how like anyone yeah, would do it because it's not true. Yeah, like, not anyone would just be like. I mean, he was scared for his life. Like 14. 14, and he had been held captive and, like, basically, you know, terrorized for half his fucking life by this man. Like, I'm sure that, you know, his intention was probably to go back. Yeah. And he knew that he was going to be in serious trouble, but he did it to save Timmy. Yeah. Just the idea of Timmy being the pallbearer and he's like... God, every time I think of this story, I just, like, get so angry. It just gets gets worse and worse, yeah. Timmy was survived by his wife, Dina, two young children, as well as his mother, father, stepfather, and sister. Later that same year, on August 28th, a statue of Stephen and Timmy was dedicated in Applegate Park in Merced. I'm sure you've seen it before. Oh, yeah. It's a huge chunk of concrete set with a plaque dedicated to Stephen's heroism. And on top of the concrete is the carved statue of Stephen. Yeah, teenage Stephen with little Timmy holding hands. It honors Stephen, but also gives hope to other families of missing and kidnapped kids. I don't know if you know about this part, but shit can't get any worse. Uh, I read that on April 29th. So like two weeks ago, as of this recording, the plaque is missing. So, if you know the piece of shit who did it, contact the Merced police at 209-388-7725. I was so mad when I read it. And that's what I was checking on before we started. like To see if it had been updated. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, and I remember when they wanted to donate, or I mean, they wanted to name a park in their honor. Yeah. Or I mean, Stephen's honor. And they said that they couldn't do it because they were afraid that it would be associated with Carrie. Yes. Which I think is just absolutely ridiculous because, like, there can be polar opposites in families. And, yeah. like, yeah, just because, like, one person's a fucking shit bag full of shit doesn't mean that there's not, like, an absolute, like, hero of a person, you know. Um, additional information in this was from Wikipedia and an article titled The Yosemite Horror from OutsideOnline.com, which I will post in the show notes. Also, the Case File podcast has an episode on Steven's story and a two-parter on Carrie, so check that out. I just think also, it's... like, find that article that I read that I can't remember the name or where <laughs> it came from about, like, the girl who was saying that, like, her mom was dating him. Yeah, if you can find that, send it to me. I'll on that. I just think it's interesting how fucking jealous Carrie was over the fame Steve got, like, Okay, but you also didn't. I just realized because he didn't talked mention, about like all the free gifts he got. And... You didn't mention 
the news reporter in episode That was three. my next sentence. Okay, good. Okay. At one point, he to- told the reporter to get into contact with producers so he could have a made-for-TV movie about his life. Like, he just also, saw his... Like the- the fucking the guy's like they don't have made for tv movies anymore but also the reporter when he's like doing his like sound checks and stuff like that and they're like um if you could just talk like a normal person yeah. and not like your personality <laughs> yeah he like went in and like talked to to carrie and carrie was just like i'm gonna be famous yeah carrie does not understand like what steve went through to get this so-called fame like and it wasn't fame that he wanted. And no. he was trying to use it for good. Like, he was trying to help other people who could be potentially in those situations. And then like, why was Kay in this? Like, she didn't want to talk about the family. She just seemed more upset about how she and Del were portrayed in the made-for-TV movie. Like When they talk about Carrie, when they say when they start on the she Carrie thing... She has nothing to say about Carrie. And that is what she, she said. Shuts she shuts it down. She was like, no, I'm not going to talk on that. But then why are you here? It was just like, and then, and then, you know, she's like, okay, well, I just, I needed to ask and make sure or whatever. And she's like, well, now you have your answer. Like, that, no, I'm not going to talk on that. Like, no one, aside from Stephen's daughter, wanted, and Stephen's daughter was, like, following the case closely because she was roughly the same fucking age as these girls. Yeah. And so, like, I just, it's fucking mine. And I, that's why when I think of Kay, I think that, like, that family played a huge part in how She's, she doesn't want to talk about anything that happened to Steven doesn't want to talk about how the kids were raised or any it was more of like the, the sister was like yeah he was kind of weird like the sister said more yeah I think that family can play a huge part in what you do in your future and maybe not like be the deciding factor but it can definitely be an influence and i think that we're still not done because i found something else weird related to this oh good i love weird <laughs> um if you're bored look into mike mike eccles who wrote the i know my first name is Stephen book that the film is based on oh yeah he's very bizarre he wrote books on child sex abuse went after nambla and would stalk people on pedophile like chat rooms and forums and then he just kind of went crazy. Um, just real quick, let me go over these two things. Quote, the Fort Ord incident stems from an apparent dispute with Presidio of Monterey police officers who say Eccles had parked his car on the property and refused to leave after several warnings. After being cited for trespassing and obstructing an officer, Eccles was transported to the edge of the Fort Ord property and released, according to Officer John Chapman. At that point, Chapman testified, Eccles dropped his pants and waved his genitalia at him. Eccles <laughs> denies it. I don't know what that means. In the bus incident, so You don't know what that means? I, what specifically? Okay. His dick, his balls, his butthole, I don't know. I would assume it's his dick. In the bus incident, Selena's police say they were asked to escort Eccles off the bus after a dispute with the driver over the fare. This is a separate, like still a part of it, but a separate thing. Eccles refused to leave, according to Salinas Police Sergeant Don Klein, and was cited for trespassing. While escorting him from the bus, Eccles again lost his trousers. Klein said Eccles walked off the bus with his pants at his ankles, unquote. As I do sometimes. Just something weird that came up with this whole story. I thought it was interesting. Here's this guy who wrote about child sex abuse, and then I see that he died in county jail, where one of his charges was he was being held for indecent exposure. So, of course, I had to look into that. That's some shit. There's a lot of twists and turns in this whole saga, but we are done with this sad tale. 
Yes, we are indeed. Great documentary. Don't know why Kay was there. Yeah, I would say, and and like I said, like there, it's three parts, and it's like they don't go into a lot. I just, I, I don't know. I feel like you could probably read several like different articles and get more information than yeah. this documentary portrayed. I enjoyed hearing from Stevens. Children. kids yes and I, understand, I, like, what they were going through and i will agree with that like i i think that like if i got anything out of this like his daughter and his son were like beneficial in like just you know their opinions well and, no it's also like they didn't really know their dad so it's stuff they learned from like watching the i know my first name is steven oh when his, his when his son yeah. says he watched it like five or six times yeah i just oh. Because he was so young, that's the only way he knows his dad. Yeah, like I, it's bad enough to like lose a parent when you're so young, but to like lose a parent and like they're so young and they like really didn't even have like Stephen didn't really have a chance to live his life. Like, yeah, I mean, he lost seven fucking years and then died young, and then died young. Like that's fucking massive. I just I can't even fathom what they're going through and kudos to them for like stepping up and being like we want to go ahead and do also like super weird that the actors from the i know my name first name is steven or whatever like weird that they agree to this like come read lines and stuff for like but this. it was still cool to hear from them like we played these people like yeah it was an interesting read like it was weird. But I agree with you. Like, what the fuck was Kay even doing? <laughs> yeah. Like, her only complaint is, well, that's not how we really were. We weren't that poor. <laughs> you had five fucking kids. Like, we're not judging you if you were poor. Yeah. Like, five fucking children, okay? Like, I only have two. And if someone was like, oh, they were kind of, like, poor or whatever, I wouldn't be offended. No, I'd just be like, we yeah, had probably. two mouths to feed. Like, probably. Like, fuck. I mean, maybe sometimes we were like, we don't got the money for that shit. <laughs> They're wearing clothes. They're fine. We had $40 for Christmas. <laughs> I mean, we had more than that, but, like, I'm not offended if you think that I'm poorer than I am. Yeah. So, yeah. These are two very long ones. So we are done. Next week's a little more fun with Snapped. I do love Snapped. <laughs> Bring me the women murderers. So until next week. Bye and thank you. Yeah, I upped you. What are you gonna say? I don't even fucking know. I was just gonna say thanks, but I can't <laughs> because you were just like really like Bye, thank you. February. February. Thank you for listening to Talk to Me. The opening music is by Twisterium. For comments or suggestions, we can be reached by email at doctomepod at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at doctomepod and find a link to our Facebook group in the show notes. Thank you.